Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Hey, church, uh, we're going to dive right into Scripture. So if you've got your uh, Bibles, I'm going to read from the NIV this morning. Uh, we'll put the words up on the screen for you, but you can kind of follow, so you can kind of follow along. Um, but we're reading from Mark chapter 9 in the, in the NIV. And this is such a crazy story. I just want you to like kind of let it sit in as we're reading it. And normally on this scripture, I might like, you know, read it, preach a little bit, read it, preach a little bit, read it, preach a little bit. But um, this one, I, I just want you to kind of let this whole scene come together. Now, remember, when we read Mark, we're reading like the smallest amount of details or the, the smallest amount of information. It's the shortest right of all the Gospels. It's, the, it's, it's very succinct, very kind of to the point. So pay attention to the words that are used in this because I think they're going to mean something to us after we, uh, after we get through the sermon. So Mark chapter 9, verse 2, uh, we're actually going to go through 10, through 10. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. Now, what's that mean? Here we go. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. Also, where's Peter going to sleep? But that's a whole different thing. <laughs> then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, if you're sitting in your home, all right, so if kids, if you're listening to the sermon, you haven't gone off with Miss Amy or, or something like that, you, your parents have to buy you a candy bar. If you can answer this trivia question, um, I see, I saw uh, uh, Ashley Morris over here. She perked up when I said candy bar. She's ready. She wants this trivia. All right, she's ready. When is the other time? She's got the answer, so don't say it. When is the other time that we heard, this is my son coming from the heavens? We heard it just a few weeks ago. Does anybody remember what the event was? What was happening? This is my son. Anybody remember? Yeah. <laughs> Not supposed, you're supposed to give the kids when they're trying to get a candy bar. You got five seconds. Say it out loud and see if you're right. Four, three, two. Yeah, you get a candy bar, Cook. It is, it is Jesus' baptism. It was such a beautiful moment. I think it's such a cool thing to really understand how they kind of go together, right? There's this understanding in this moment of who Jesus is and whose Jesus is in baptism. And then again here on the top of this mountain. So down there in the waters and on top of the mountain. And the word of the Lord says, this is my son. Listen to him. That helps us to understand who Jesus is even more, right? Now, there's a lot of time that's passed between baptism and right now. But as time rolls on from that baptism to now, 
Think about this. The disciples have been walking around with Jesus, right? They've been doing a lot of human things, right? They eat, they sleep, they get tired, you know? They might get a little frustrated with each other from time to time. If you've ever been in a group of people hanging out, gosh, my, my family gets in the car and, you know, we get about 20 minutes down the road, there's something going on. I mean, imagine three years with the same group of people. This is what the disciples see. So this is what they understand is the humanness of God. But right here in this transfiguration moment, heaven gets revealed. He gets revealed in a couple of ways. One, by showing Jesus in this heavenly state, right? Showing Jesus in this heavenly state, this glowing beams of light. I mean, imagine it's like it's like every bit of like 1980s rock star comes out, you know, boom, you know, the lights come and, and it's like this fog machine yeah, is like rolling over, you know, the hair whips open and transfigured before. I'm not trying to make fun of it. I just imagine beams of light coming from a human being that you've been walking around with for three years. It's got to be crazy. But then it gets even better. Moses and Eliza show up. And Elijah and Moses are people that they've heard about. And somehow they know who they are. And they're standing there all of a sudden talking to Jesus in this moment. And it's like this incredible thing. The reason that Moses and Elijah were there is really significant. Because the prophet Malachi foretold this moment. Right? So the disciples would have probably heard this somewhere in that rabbinical teaching that Jesus was doing. And it connects all of scripture throughout history to this very moment. They get to see heaven happening. Now we all know this, right? But imagine being there in that moment. Seriously, for the disciples, can you imagine? They go up on this mountain. It says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. They're like, all right, cool. We're going to pack a lunch. Jesus, uh, where do you want to go and eat tonight? Uh, you know what? Uh, Jehoshaphat's fish and grits. We're going to hit that down the mountain. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we're we're going to take off. You want to come with? You want to join later? You want to head down? Oh my gosh, you're on fire. What is happening to Jesus? He's on fire. Beams of light are coming from, imagine it had to be one of those, oh my goodness kind of moments, right? Remember the guys that are there, Moses and Elijah appear, the disciples at this point really would have understood that significance and at least it would have shaken them to their very fiber. So you can't blame them when Peter just sort of blurts out, let's just stay here on the mountain. I love Peter. Stay in the happy place. Come on, Jesus. Well, okay, well, you're on fire, so we'll get food delivered instead of going down the mountain. I don't know what to do. So you can't blame him. I preached four years ago on this scripture. I found that old sermon. It was all about the, the mountaintop. Can we just stay up on the mountaintop? We just stay there. And we all know that we've got to go down the mountain, right? That's part of the thing. We have these mountaintop experiences, but you can't stay there. You've got to go down the mountain. But I think, as I was reading this Mark scripture, that there's maybe even more to it than just that. So buckle up, because here we go. Think about this. Remember right in the beginning, I said, make sure and pay attention to the words. Do you remember what it said at the very, very beginning of the scripture? Ashley, can you put that back up? It says, after six days, six days. Now, why that? Mark is, Mark is always saying immediately, right? Immediately this happened, and then immediately that happened, and then immediately that happened. Mark wants us to know that six days have passed and puts that in this scripture. There's only details there that Mark wants us to know and to hear. Six days. There's two things I want you to know. One. Right before this, Jesus had just dropped some significant information on them about that he's going to be suffering and dying and told them right after that that they're going to have to take up their own crosses as well. 
So just think about being in that moment. Seriously, Jesus, you just fed 4,000 some people. You healed a blind man. And now we're talking about the end. It feels like we're just getting started. I mean, like it's all really starting to click. Like we understand what we're supposed to do. We understand how we're supposed to kind of help all these miracles happen. And you're talking about it becoming the end. And church, that kind of information might just need a minute to sit there. Have you ever had to share news with somebody and uh, you want to give time to like let it settle because you knew it was going to be difficult for them to hear? (laughs) I started thinking about this in in news that was not difficult, but just, you know, life changing. Uh, And I remember when uh, my wife Melody told us we were going to expect our first child. And I remember this just shaking me like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. And as a matter of fact, I walked in from work. I had a sales job. I was in my suit and doing my thing, came in. She's uh, working at the uh, Second Harvest Food Bank, doing her thing. We have two career people. We got our things going. I come in and I got my American dream going, my house with my Honda Accord. I had dual exhaust. It was amazing. It's a V6. I kind of miss it. That's all right. That's not part of the story. So I walk in and she says, happy Valentine's Day, daddy. I'm like, huh? All right. First of all, I don't, that's weird because we, I mean, like, you don't really talk to me like that. Um, but you, you said daddy, um, and then it just hit me and it was just quiet. She just let me sit there in that moment for a minute. Could you imagine? Could you imagine there? See, I think there's a reason that pregnancy and birth is not an instant process. I think God gave this time to us on purpose. Think about it. Could you imagine the whiplash? Hey, baby, we're pregnant. The next morning, boom, baby in hand. Could you imagine if it was like that fast? I mean, we need time to get ready to, to grow and to prepare, to understand how this news is going to change our lives. Sometimes that news just needs a minute. It says six days. Second thing, the number is very significant because in Scripture, Six days means almost there. That's really what that means, right? Like 40 days means a long time. 400 years means a really, really, really long time, right? Six means almost there, but not yet. Eight days, right? If we read in Paul, it says, I was circumcised on the eighth day, which is like the the significance of that. It was even more than perfect. It was the fullness of the completion plus. Seven days is understood as like completion, even godliness, a finality. But six is almost, but not yet. So hang on to that for just a second, because I want to jump right back to Peter wanting to build shelters, which again, Peter, there's a lot of you up there. Three shelters, it's not going to be enough. You guys are sleeping outside, but cool. And obviously there's way more to it than that, but I'll just leave it there. Why? Because Peter is a giant goofball. He's a big, dumb animal. He's like the Rob Gronkowski of the Bible. He seriously is. I'm Gronk. Give me ball. I make touchdown. Gronk, get pudding. Let's Let's just stay here, Jesus. He's like, now also... Interesting note, Peter's also the rock on which the church is going to be built. So think about that. So if you ever feel like you're the Rob Gronkowski of scripture in your household, you're okay and in pretty good company. See, maybe it's more than that. Remember, it's the sixth day. It's right before the end, right? Right before that thing. Jesus told him about his suffering and death. Maybe, just maybe, Peter is terrified to go down the mountain. Because he's afraid of the seventh day. Somebody listening needs to hear that right here. 
Peter might be worried about what actually happens down the mountain because of what he knows and just heard. Peter might be worried about what's next. It's taking some time to settle in because this is not the fullness and the completion, and that means that it's the sixth day, then the completion is going to start happening when we go down. This is the same guy, though. Remember, this is the same guy. When everybody walks away, Jesus looks at him and says, are you guys too? Are you guys leaving too? When it got difficult and got frustrating for people, and they're like, I don't know, Jesus, this is too much. We're over the top. We're out. And he looks at them, and Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. This is the same guy that when Jesus says, so who do you say that I am? And Peter says, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Peter may be the only one who knows what's really going on. Peter might be absolutely terrified, though, of what's down the mountain. Yeah, Jesus, I'm, I'm in. But what if what you say is going to happen actually happens? See, so often we pray for God to move, don't we? We pray for God to enter in and take hold. And when it starts to happen, we want to stay back on the sixth day. Where's my sixth day people? Brothers and sisters, that's the word right there. How often are we afraid to go down the mountain, to take the final steps, wondering what happens if we actually do reach the end of this chapter? I'll tell you why. Because it's safer to stay in the known than go into the unknown. What happens once we get there? What might happen? Will we fall? Will we be attacked? Will we fail? Will I be ready for what's next? Well, brothers and sisters, listen to this right here. Jesus won't let them stay on that mountain and he won't let us stay there either. We've got to go down the mountain because we've got work to do to get gifts to share. We've got a message for a hurting world. Come on, somebody say amen in this house. But then there's one more part to this. There's one more part to this. When they came down the mountain, it says, Jesus told them not to tell anyone. <laughs> it says not to tell anyone. Hold up. Jesus, you, you just flashed in beams of light. We just saw Moses and Elijah. You brought us up here, and now we're not supposed to talk about it. Like, you don't want us to tell anybody? Hold on. Because I thought everything was like we were having a party, and this was like the beginning, and everything was great. And if you got beams of light coming at you, you're a big old rock star, man. So so we could get behind you, and everything's going to be great. And, and if, we, if we're going to go to war, we'll be fine, because Moses and Elijah are going to be there, and we're going to be taking people out. It's going to be amazing. But don't tell anybody? How am I supposed to hold that in? I always wonder why. Because it seems like exactly what they should do. This is the Messiah. He's going to die for us all. This guy's beams a light coming out of him. He's a rock star. Moses and Elijah are there and all the scripture begins and ends with Jesus and this is the one we've all been waiting for. But maybe it's this. The miracle needs a minute. The miracle needs a minute. The miracle needs day six. The miracle needs day six to give us time to get ready for it to settle down, to get ready for day seven, brothers and sisters, because Jesus always takes us to day seven. And maybe even yet, to truly understand who Jesus is, they can't just think about the beams of light and the rock star. To understand who Jesus truly is, they had to see the death and the resurrection, because that's who Jesus is. Not a big mountaintop rock star with beams of light coming out, heaven revealed. Not just that. He's the one that goes to the cross, who takes it on his shoulders, who walks through the street to Golgotha, who's nailed to the cross, goes into the tomb, and then on the third day is risen from the dead. That is who Jesus is. And that's why he told them not to tell anyone. 
because they needed to see the fullness of what Jesus was going to do. It was on day six. It was not yet day seven. Maybe it's, maybe it's not the mountaintop that tells us who we are either. Come on. <laughs> maybe it's the hard times where we build character, where faith grows, when we can only rely on the goodness of God and the good news of Jesus, when it's not easy to fix, church, when we don't have the easy answers, when we have to do the thing that maybe we're so scared to do because that's the moment we see Jesus do what Jesus does that takes us from day six to day seven. That's not our job, brothers and sisters. We are carried by the Lord through to day seven. See, maybe it's what happens next, like Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who believe in him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is at work. You're going to be okay. Go down the mountain, church. Tell somebody in your house. Tell somebody in this house. Say, you're going to be okay. Go down the mountain. Come on, tell somebody real quick. Go down the mountain. For those of you staring at what might be a difficult chapter ahead, you're going to be okay. Go down the mountain. Jesus will get you to day seven. It might just be day six, and the miracle needs a minute. There's hope on the way. Jesus always sees us through. Jesus doesn't abandon the disciples. He could have said, yeah, Pete, eat your pudding. <laughs> Hang out up here. I got work to do. Could have left them behind, but he doesn't. He brings them down the mountain with him because that's how Jesus does what Jesus does. And Jesus takes them all the way to the cross and then reveals himself after the resurrection. That's who Jesus is, the fullness of who Jesus is. That's the day seven and day eight. Jesus won't let them stay stuck on that mountain and Jesus won't let you either, church. Jesus knows what chapter you're in and what day you're on. And Jesus hasn't walked away. And Jesus never, ever will. Jesus is working on something bigger than you can see right now. I'm going to say that again. Somebody, somebody needs to write this down in their house and put it on their notebook or their calendar or their mirror. Jesus is working on something bigger than you can see right now. Remember, going down the mountain changed the world forever. Think of what would happen if they just stayed up on the mountain. Just rock star, beams of light, Jesus. No cross, no resurrection. When they went down the mountain, they changed the world forever. So do not fear and plant your feet being afraid to go forward. You've got a story to tell. You've got a chapter to complete. Maybe you're on day six and there's more to the story that you just can't see yet. Brothers, because sometimes the miracle needs a minute. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.